Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Tech Talk here at SG Taurus. I'm your host, Matt LePan. This week, we are once again joined by one of our great technical support representatives. It's Russell Latimy. Russell, welcome back to Tech Talk. Morning, Matt. Thanks for having me. Today, Russell is going to be sharing some of his tips on cooling season maintenance. So as we approach cooling season, we're pretty close to getting ready for it. Russell wants you to make sure that when you're going to a home to perform maintenance, that you're checking all the right boxes off and making sure that you keep your homeowners happy. So Russell, what are some of the things that technicians need to be looking for or service crews need to be looking for when they go into a home this time of year? Well, when going in for a cooling PM tune-up, checkup, whatever your company calls it, the first thing I always like to do is ask the customer if they're having any issues. If there are, tell them we'll deal with them. The next thing is to turn the unit on at the thermostat. We want to make sure the system is actually working before we do the maintenance. Sometimes people do call up. They don't tell us that they need a service call. They just want maintenance. You do your maintenance, start it up, and it doesn't work. So let's start with the electrical. The electrical, we want to make sure all connections are tight. Loose connections create heat. Heat burns out connectors, causes service calls, failures. We want to make sure they're tight. We also want to inspect the wires near all of our connections, whether they're wire nuts, stake-ons, screw terminals, and look for signs of overheating, browning of the wire. If the wire is inflexible or signs of corrosion on the copper, we want to deal with that. That bad connection can do anything from burn out a motor to start a fire in the worst case possible. The next is our drain. We start with our drain pan and our drain line. We want to make sure this is clean. There's nothing worse than going to a service call in June for a plug drain on a unit that we did a service on in April. You know that your boss, your owner, your manager is not going to be happy if you service the unit in May and you're back in June because the drain is plugged. So that's a big one right there. Make sure you're keeping your owners happy too because you don't want to make these return visits on units that you've already serviced. Absolutely. It also kills trust with the customer. If you can't take care of a simple drain, how can you maintain a complex piece of equipment? So some of the ways we can also prevent drain clogs throughout the season is by treating the pan with algicides. There are tablets we can put in the tray to keep algae from growing. Algae tends to grow in the cold water in the traps of the drain and plug it up. That's the main cause of leaks during the summer. So we want to be vigilant with that. We want to check our coil and ensure that it's clean. We can brush it, vacuum it, or if we have to, there are self-rinsing sprays that we can spray on it to foam out any dirt or dust debris in between the fins to assure good heat transfer. Then we have the blower. When we check our blower, we want to check a few things. We want to check our shaft to make sure there's no play, that the bearings aren't getting worn. We want to check for cleanliness on the wheel. Dirt, dust tends to collect on the blower wheel, which impedes airflow, causes motors to become unbalanced and shorten the lifespan of them. So it's good to take a good look see what's going on. The last thing I like to do is wipe down the unit on the exterior. 
the customer doesn't really know what we're doing in there unless they see us do it, if they're standing there watching. One of the things that I've found to keep them happy is cleaning up their equipment. So when they get home from work or they come down and look at it, it actually looks like you've done the service, that you've done the work. And I find that goes a long way with them. Yeah, nice little trick of the trade there. Just Russell, would you just suggest bring a bottle of Windex with you and spray it off on the outside and wipe it down? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes homeowners keep them clean and dust-free, but it's a good idea to do that. Also, sometimes people leave parts, used parts behind if they've had a repair in the past. It's a good idea to clean it up or any trash that's on it, whether it's yours or not. That's a great point. And like Russell said, you know, a lot of the work that goes into cleaning and maintaining the inside isn't seen by the homeowner. So clean up that outside, make it look like you've done more than you've actually done. And you're going to have some happy homeowners and you're going to have folks who are going to make sure that you're coming back to do maintenance on their heating equipment and that you're coming back next year as well. And that's the name of the game. You want to keep doing these maintenance for folks and making sure that their equipment is running as long as possible. So next we can go to the outdoor unit. First thing we want to do is visually inspect the equipment. Look at the coil. Are the fins bent, dented? Are there corrosion on the bottom of the coil from pets urinating on it? That's one good way to corrode a coil, is having a dog that likes to use it as a bathroom. We're also looking at the coil to see how dirty it is. Dirty coil equals poor heat transfer, equals inefficiency, high pressures in the system, reduces compressor life of the system. If it gets bad enough, it can cause damage quicker. I found the best way to clean the coil is from the inside out. Different ways of doing that is to just pop the top, the fan right off the top. It's real quick, easy to do. I think that if you're cleaning it from the inside, you're pushing the dirt back out instead of trying to push it through the coil into the inside of the unit. They also make wands that fit down in between the guards on the fan so you don't have to remove the top of the unit. You can stick it down. They have small hose. They're usually about three feet long and water will spray out and push it out. When we use cleaners on these condensers, we want to use cleaners that are not acidic. We want to use cleaners with a balanced pH. Cleaners can destroy coils if not used properly. It's recommended to use a lower concentration of cleaner. When you make it too strong, you can literally take any coating off the coil as you're cleaning, which leads to corrosion and inefficiency and short lifespan. After we've used the cleaner, we need to flush that coil out and rinse it well. I always say, rinse it, rinse it, rinse it. Once you think you've done rinsing it, rinse it one more time. We want to make sure all that cleaner is off that coil. Next, we'll move on to the electrical of the outdoor unit. We want to check all the connections inside our disconnect, inside our control panel of the unit. We want to check our contactors, the surface on the contacts. Are they pitted? Are they worn? Are they seating flush with each other? If they're not, it's a good way to burn out a compressor. Good contact is important for the compressor to run properly. 
We also want to check our connections as we did on the inside, make sure there's no signs of overheating and that they are all tight. After our basic maintenance procedures are done, it's time to check the actual operation of the equipment. Generally, what we want to check and what we record to tell the operation at the outdoor unit, we want to check our voltage. What is the voltage coming to that unit before it starts? Once it starts, what is that voltage under load to see if there is any drop in that voltage? We also want to check amperage. We want to check the amperage of the compressor. We want to check the amperage of the condenser fan motor. And we want to check that against the data on the nameplate of the unit. The nameplate will tell us what the RLA and the LRA are of the compressor and the RLA and the LRA of the fan. It's a good way to diagnose problems even before we put our gauges on. Next come the gauges. We want to put our gauges on, check our pressure, also our liquid line and our second line temperatures. What is our superheat? What is our subcooling? How is that system performing? While it's running, we want to take a look at our indoor unit too. At minimum, we want to check supply and return air temperatures. See what our temperature difference is, our delta T. We want to take a look at our dry bulb and wet bulb return air temperature. Then we can check it against the pressure charts, the charging charts on the unit to see if it's performing as it should. Those are the basics. You can get more in depth if you want, depending on how your company does the tune-ups. But I think if you're doing that at the minimum, you're gonna give the customer a good service, help them maintain an efficient, reliable, long-lasting system. And you'll build that trust with them as well. So make sure you're taking, at the very least, all of these steps. If you choose to do more, that's great, but these steps here will get you to a great spot and will have you with happy homeowners throughout the year. I want to thank Russell for coming on. I want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Just search Taurus Tech Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn using the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. And as always, catch all of our podcasts right on our website, sgtaurus.com backslash podcasts. One thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Taurus Tech Talk.